Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Hi, I'm Stefan Kazakis from Business Benchmark Group and welcome to our podcast series. I so appreciate the feedback that we received uh, following from Martin Cooperweight's Kyandra IT sharing last week and, and more importantly, I guess, uh, the feedback on, on the, last, uh, the last component of uh, Martin's sharing and how important it is to have a vision, but also the, uh, the, the, the commentary around building that high-performance team and uh, you know, not, not, not doing it alone, making sure that you know, your, your hard work, your, uh, your, your short-term pain, let's call it, of getting the breakthrough of consistency and and uh, I guess structure and great people following structure and innovating structure and the and the I guess the uh, the cumulative opportunity and the sequential opportunity that that provides I guess uh, the sharing that we have uh, for everyone this this week is uh, a very 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 dear friend of mine uh, who I've known for a very long time and uh, had uh, dipped his uh, toes in the waters with uh, board of directors 12 um, at, at, at some period when he was trans Transitioning from being a uh, a corporate champion, a uh, an unbelievable uh, executive um, in, in media, and he was breaking into his own business, and and, and you know that, that that's never an easy route, and 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 most people that do that are generally very 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 smart, and and sometimes you know what happens is the transition isn't as smooth as it can be. However, um, in this case, uh, Gavin Sloan from Live Chat Monitoring, um, he his ability to be really uh, forward thinking and and almost groundbreaking in his ability to see um, opportunities not only for uh, live chat monitoring but he but he had this tenacity of uh, and, and this ability to continuously look for opportunities and and see the positive the upside in so many things as he was also uh, quick in his evaluation to uh, to see the downside so a really cool little uh, interview that, uh, that that Gavin shared uh, at one of our M500s that again I, I constantly go back to to, uh, to, uh, to listen to personally as it just reminds me um, um, the oath that we take here at Business Benchmark Group and regardless the level of business by revenue turnover, we are dealing with human beings and we are dealing with people who ultimately are committed to a better quality of business and ultimately a better quality of life. So stay tuned and listen uh, to the sharing, uh, I guess, that this interview provides and uh, bear in mind that uh, Gavin Sloan and, and the business that he's sharing at, at, in, in this particular interview has gone on to almost global domination and uh, we, we wish him as we continuously do uh, um, all the very best and he's a, a phenomenal business leader with a very strategic and tactical mind. So Stefan Kazakis, Business Benchmark Group, having a, a moment of sharing uh, as to who we are and what we do for the fine and great clients that we work with. The guy I'm just about to introduce to uh, the stage for our champions in 
business interview. He's a man by the name of Gavin Sloan. He runs a business called Life Chat Monitoring. I mean, we just heard a moment ago from Martin, who's an authority on digital, and, and how is it that you ensure there's that human, human touch, that human element? When you're asleep, your business is awake in this day and age, 24-7. It's awake via the digital space being, let's call it your website, and how it interacts and how it makes it easy for people to connect, get sticky, get entangled, as Martin said. So in this business, Life Chat Monitoring, that started as an idea, let's call it three years ago. 18 months ago, it got to a critical point and then it needed to reevaluate and rethink, hang on, what are we doing and who are we doing it for? So in the last 14 months, this business has had 2,600, 2,600, 2,600%. Even if they started at a dollar, that's an amazing percentage growth. Now let's just say they didn't start at a dollar. So 14 months ago, it was a business that was at a certain point and since then it has grown 2,600%. It has gone from two staff members to 46 in the same time. It is expanding globally. They have clients. This business has clients in Australia, New Zealand, USA, Canada and the UK. It originally started as a company offering live chat software from a perspective of software as a service versus, versus the gap that was realised to be a quality service-based offering. So there's a distinct difference. I'm going to hear a little bit more about that in a moment. Our client base covers finance, legal, medical, accommodation, tourism, e-commerce, trades and services, real estate, home builders, funeral services, dare me say, and relationship matchmakers, I believe, too. So we've got it all covered, from the ones that are dead or the ones that are needing to spark up a relationship. We are doing a sales aspect, a sales arm of a business. This is a classic business that is, in my, in my world, referred to as an outsource model, an outsource bolt-on, to complement your current in-house resources. So without a further ado, let's hear uh, Gavin Sloan and our champion in business for um, April M500. Two thousand six hundred percent. Yes. Sounds like a big number. It does sound like a big number. It's how been a. How does the bank account look? Healthier than it has looked <laughs> in the past. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. I guess let, let's start from the perspective when um, live chat monitoring was, um, I guess you know, fourteen months ago at about five five thousand dollars a month, just yep. to put some relevancy around the numbers. Um, what was the end game? What were you thinking at that point as a critical sure. uh, critical crossroad? Look, I had, a, I had a goal for this business to grow it to a point where I could earn two grand a month. That was my, uh, that was a goal, it was a side business. Uh, and that was my ambition. It was never to grow it beyond that or I didn't really have any vision on where it could go. It was more about just, can I make a little bit of, little bit of money on the side from this and uh, is, it, is it viable? So um, that was the goal back then. So it was more of a hobby. Well, I wouldn't say a hobby. It was a, it was a, it was an add-on to a, to another business uh, that I was involved in, uh, and it was more about uh, assisting some other clients I had. So it was filling a need for certain clients I had for live chat software, uh, and it was more a bolt-on. So it was kind of a value add that I was that I was uh, looking to add at the time. So, so at the time of you know a moment of truth, and, yep. and there was a moment of truth where you were going to be turning up and having a chat with the team. Yep. It was you, the mirror, and two other people. Yes. Right. And. Um, you had a vision for this. You could see there was a gap in the market. Oh, absolutely. Can you expand a little more on that crossroad? 40 months ago, I know you've been a board of directors sure. 12 client for uh, just over 12 months now. Sure. And, and I'm not going to take the credit for your success, but sure. it's, it's fair to say that at that point, we needed to make better decisions. Yeah, absolutely. So, so for a long time, uh, this business lost money. Again, it was a bit of a, 
a value add to to an existing business. So it was a uh, it was losing money each month, which uh, which adds up. You know, you can only sustain that for a little while. Uh, and, and I sort of reached a point where uh, I couldn't keep losing money. You know, I didn't didn't have the money to keep tipping into this and to keep paying the staff. I knew that we had a good service and we had clients that enjoyed the service, but um, we, you know, we, we were losing money. I couldn't convince other clients to try us. So. Uh, I actually reached a point where uh, I wrote a letter to the two staff members we had, uh, letting them know that we were closing down, um, that we uh, we couldn't afford to keep going. Um, That's <laughs> not an easy thing to do. It's not. It's not. Um, you know, and I decided after you know 24 hours of sitting on it that uh, you know we had we had a great team, small team, but uh, very passionate about what we do, and um, you know I uh, didn't want to let them down as well. So, um, you know, I decided to, uh, to regroup and have another go and, you know, um, dedicate more, more time and energy and, you know, find a bit more money to tip into this. And, and I knew that, um, you know, uh, if I gave it another six to 12 months of just pushing that we'd, um, we'd get there. Yeah, so, so at that particular point, what could have been, or what do you consider, upon reflection, because reflection is very important, sure. I, can, I know, it's, uh, you know it's one of those things when you believe in something and it's about to be broken, you've got to, you've got to have the emotional, I guess, impact of that too, just to ensure that it's real. But what was holding you back back then, Gavin, in real terms? In, in real terms? Look, it was probably, it was probably lack of direction. You know, I, I left, I left uh, I'd always worked in environments where we were budget driven and... Um, we had sales targets to reach, and, and, I, and I really thrived in that environment. And one of the first things I did when I left, uh, I guess, the corporate or the, the employed world, um, you know, was I sort of threw my hands up and celebrated that I have no more budgets. You know, there's no one going to kind of say to me that, hey, you have to achieve this or you have to do that. But in doing so, you know, you take your foot off the pedal. So uh, I was very busy being busy, but I wasn't actually getting anywhere with it. So um, I think that, to a large degree, was sort of holding that there was no accountability of. You know, I knew I was busy and, and I knew obviously I want to get to over here, but there was no plan in place. There was no accountability of you must be here by this point and then you know, a week later, a month later, a, a day later, you must be at this point. So that's what I was missing, treading water to, to a large degree. So what did you do to change that? I had a conversation with Stefan. Uh, I've, known, I've known Stefan for a long time. So, uh, you know, I've, I've known a lot of Stefan's clients over the years. Uh, I've referred a lot of people to, to Stefan who've got some great results. Uh, and I was actually saying, saying to Damien earlier, it was um, a case of looking at some of, the, some of the clients that I know that Stefan works with, some of the results they're getting, and thinking, you know, I've known this guy for, for seven, eight years now. Why are we not having those conversations, you know? Um, we catch up, we talk about business, we talk about markets, we talk about different things, but, you know, I want some of that success, you know? And, and I know that it's down to the accountability and, and the things that they're learning, and I thought it's it's probably time that I crossed that divide and, you know, uh, and sat in the room and, and actually got some coaching, uh, which was, you know, not, a, not an easy bridge to cross, um, but, but one I knew I needed to make. You know, changes had to be made, so um, I made the decision and, and went with it. What are the uh, most important systems that you've put in place to, you know, when, there's two things that can make a business go broke, guys. One is not enough business, right? Not enough business generally leads to a, a lack of cash flow. Everyone's probably uh, familiar with that one. The other biggest uh, reason or the most significant reason why businesses go broke is too much business too soon. Right? You've got to cash flow the growth or you've got, to, you've got to resource allocate the growth. So you've gone from two persons to 46. You've gone from you know, number X to XXX, which is 2,600% greater. That represents a, uh, what I would refer to as a gazelle pace business. It's a fast, 
quadruple-digit growth business, right? Not many businesses do that, and, and they generally give themselves to failure. What have you done to, in terms of systemization and, and, and rapid sure. underlying base to, to beat that challenge? Sure. Look, a lot of it's been, uh, you know, learning on the fly that we're, we're in an industry that's a fairly new industry and, and there's not many people doing what we're doing. So there's no roadmap. You know, we haven't had the ability to look at the guy down the road and say, here's what they've done right, here's what they've done wrong, and, and how do we fit in with that? How do we learn from their experiences? So a lot of the lessons we've had to learn sort of as we go and um, all, essentially all of our systems have changed. You know, we, we built certain systems, we used certain systems that um, as we got busier, got tried and tested and ultimately failed. So, uh, you know, it was probably about six months ago that we started to really get a grip on that and, and start planning ahead for, you know, not just the clients we've got now or, or a little bit of growth, but how do we manage when we're 10 times the size we are and 20 times and 50 times the size we are. Um, so a lot of the system we changed, a lot of that's been customer led, you know, because we're uh, capturing leads for our clients and sending sending leads and customer inquiries through. We had to make sure that we were delivering on our promise, you know, that our uh, response times were quick. You know, the leads that we were sending through were great quality. They were arriving on time. It was, it was a matter of looking at, well, how do we best serve our customers? You know, from their point of view, for them looking at us and them using our service, what do they need to get from us? You know, what, how can we best serve them so that they keep paying us and stay with us and refer us to other clients? Uh, and designing all of our systems around that. So through that, it obviously made us a lot more, a lot more efficient. You know, we've got CRM systems in place. Uh, we've got ticketing systems so that we can track every inquiry, we can look things up, we can uh, measure all of our response times. Uh, and through all of those um, uh, KPIs within the business, we can measure the team and train the team and, uh, and make bigger decisions on resourcing and you know, when to put more staff on and uh, where our pain points are as well and where we need to pay attention to based on the data that's coming in. Yeah, so, so again, we hear the relevancy of having scoreboards, having data trending to be making the bigger and better and greater decisions. You know, we're not talking about going to the, the corner shop and deciding do you want a ham sandwich or a, or a salami sandwich. This is about growth in a fast-paced digital world where the data is going to ensure you're using logic way more than emotion. For which, you know, if you want to, if you want to succeed a fast-paced a fast growth business, a gazelle paced business, it's going to be in your systemization and your ability to understand the data and be making decisions, not exactly five months or six months ahead of the curve. We're talking sometimes five weeks ahead of the curve because it's fast and it's mm. furious, all right? Um, what advice do you have for other small business owners who are currently struggling or looking, you know, they, they, they've got some fast growth coming or to a certain degree, they've tried or, or had a go at something that maybe just needs a bit more structure, some sure. accountability, some data management, some trending, yeah. all that stuff that, that makes the business owner activity way more prevalent than the technical, you know, I'm, I'm a great hairdresser growing a hairdressing business um, skill set. If you in, terms of, in terms of what worked for me was uh, probably a really uh, healthy sense of paranoia, you know, around um, what are we doing right, but what are we doing wrong? Again, what, what do our customers need from us and what do our future customers need so that uh, our whole business can be designed in a way that's very easy to buy. You know, we have um, minimal, minimal barrier to entry for new clients coming to us. Um, you know, our pricing is, is uh, you know, quite cheap for the, for the service we provide. Uh, our quality is, is higher than any of our competitors. You know, we've really designed our program with the end client in, in, in mind. So um, I think for anyone sort of at that, at that crossroad, you've got to take a really honest look at where you're sitting. You know, what's, what's right in the business, but what's wrong and, and how do we fix it? And, uh, and where do we go from here? And that's what's great when you can model off someone else who's been there before. So any other leaders in the industry that, 
that have been there. We, we unfortunately didn't have that option, but at the same time we knew where we were going. So we knew that we had the product and we had a great service. Uh, and we certainly spent a lot of time talking to our customers. I think that's probably the best feedback was, you know, uh, making sure that, you know, for the, cost of a, for the cost of a cup of coffee with a client, um, go and get some honest feedback, you know, and invite them to be really critical and, and tell you everything that's wrong because they'll tell you the nice things, but quite often won't tell you the worst. And we really encourage that feedback of tell us where we could improve, tell us what we could do differently and, uh, and take that on board. You know, some of it's great advice, some of it you take with a grain of salt, but uh, the ones that are relevant and, and will benefit more clients and make the business stronger, uh, we work very hard to implement. Strictly speaking, I mean, your model is very much an outsource, a, a, an extension of internal teams. Yeah. It's, it's the after-hour support in the sales arm, yeah. arm of a business. Um, so, so from that perspective, um, we talk about client retention, which I know um, live chat monitoring has a 95% um, current trend on client retention. In other words, the lifetime value is generally long or it has continued to be long. We don't lose many clients in this business, which is something we all should be aiming for. But, but as an extended outsourced arm, particularly in the space of sales, which sure. let's face it, is the only thing that puts money in, yep. everything else takes it out. Yes. How is it that you continuously are training a um, team that's not exactly sitting in the seat of the business they're representing? How sure. are you, without giving too much IP away? Yeah, sure, right? sure. Because this is going live. So. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Look, I think, I think it, it has back to what I was saying earlier and really understanding your, your customers. So we spend a lot of time in the beginning working through questionnaires with them so we learn about their business. Um, we're also very clear on what our role is. You know, we're not, we're not there to be experts in the business. We can't comment on how much stock is in the showroom or, um, you know, or any technical aspects. We don't get involved in the sales process with our clients. You know, we're there to fill the need of providing that human touch point within the website. People like buying from people, people like dealing with people, uh, and we make sure that we provide that 24-7 that people can engage with it. So part of that is um, training our team on what they need to know, again, anticipating the, um, and, and flat out asking them. We ask every client, what do you need from us? How can we best serve you? What are you looking to get out of our service? What's the outcome that you're aiming for? Uh, and our service is set up to deliver that. So our team knows when they're, when they're uh, chatting on a website on behalf of a client, they've got everything in front of them. Um, to know exactly you know, what we can and can't say, the information's available to answer questions. Um, we know the tone of voice the client wants us to use, whether it's a legal client who wants us to be strictly professional and stick to the script, uh, or whether it's an e-commerce or, or, or another client that wants us to be a little bit more personable. The agents have everything in front of them. You know, we've tried to, um, similar, similar to what uh, I guess Martin was saying, we've tried to design our systems. I, I use the analogy with all of our staff as, uh, designing our systems almost like McDonald's, you know, so that when McDonald's hires a, you know, 14, 15 year old kid off the street and teaches them to make, ha to make a hamburger, everything's in front of them. You know, there's photos step by step. It's, they reduce their training time. They reduce their uh, margin for error because they've put everything in front, of, in front of their staff member and showed them this is step by step how you achieve the perfect result. Um, so we work really hard to adopt the same sort of um, principles with our team of making everything available and making sure they have the training and resources to, um, to best serve the client for the end result. And, and just a, uh, I guess, a question on, you know, we, we talk about marketing spend against revenue, that ratio, and that's, it's a very, it's an obvious ratio to be trending in your business, you know, the cost of acquisition of new clients, such a very important driver in a business. But I'm also of the opinion and the learnt and experienced uh, position of knowing that you must also have exactly the same ratio understood and progressed in your business regarding the training of your team mm. against revenue. Yep. So when you think about the investment in training of your team, sure. 
to continue to grow the emotional selling proposition that continues to grow the tribal community selling proposition, what should be the ratio, in your opinion? Oh, look, it's, it's, that's a hard one to answer. I mean, tra trading for us is ongoing. It's, uh, you know, it's critical that our team is, is um, as knowledgeable as they can. Again, within the realm of what we deliver, we don't, we don't, um, we don't overstep the mark and we don't overpromise it to clients. But within the realm of what we do, it's, it's ongoing training. It's, it's literally every day. You know, we've got um, different training happening for different teams on different clients. And, um, you know, every time a client updates their information with us, we have to go back and retrain the team to say, look, now the business is open on Sunday, or now they've included this product line, or, you know, now they've opened a new store we need to tell people about, or now there's a new sale event coming up. So, uh, training's critical. You know, I think it's, um, uh, it's a, it's a never-ending process. I think in terms of, in terms of a ratio, I probably couldn't answer that, that question. Uh, probably more so because I wouldn't want to limit it to a, to a figure. I think it's, again, you look at the end results and what you need to do to get there. So, yeah. um, so for anyone else in the room that hasn't got that answer either, let me just make a point. You better understand it, because it's a very important ratio in your business, the training of your team and the investment that goes into that for the return coming in, in the near future. A very important ratio, as is the marketing to, to revenue ratio. Where do you see live chat monitoring in the next 12 to 24 months? Look, we're, uh, you know, our focus is growth at the moment, so we're obviously uh, expanding to other countries at the moment. There's still a lot to do within, within uh, our own backyard, uh, but just continuing to grow. You know, we're, um, uh, we're again, invest investing in our systems and resources and team and, uh, you know, spreading the word about what we're doing. It's a, still a very new market for us. A lot of businesses still, unfortunately, don't have live chat on the site, but that's coming. Uh, but then to convince a business to not only take on live chat as a tool, but then also look at the option to, to outsource uh, either after hours support or 24/7 if that's uh, if they're unable to do it themselves during business hours. Um, there's a bit of an education process in the market. So as far as the next 24, to, uh, 12 to 24 months, continuing to grow. You know that's the that's the path we're on. And are you the type of business owner that puts a cap on growth? No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you can. I think um, you know I think uh, and look I've been involved in other businesses in the past where I think it's easy to get comfortable. You know I think. Uh, for me personally, you know, I, I again left employment to go into, into self-employment and that's always a risk and, and you take that on board and you, know, you, you sort of weigh that up and, and you jump in the deep end. But I think it's very easy to build a business up to a point, whatever that point may be, where you're comfortable. You know, and, and I certainly work with a lot of other business owners who have been in business for you know, 20, 30 years and, and their whole philosophy on business seems to be maintaining the current level. You know? what's changed in the market and can we maintain our current income levels and our current team size and current business size. I don't tend to look at it in that way. You know, I think, uh, I, I really feel like where we're at, uh, you know, we're just beginning. You know, a lot of this has been a learning process and building up our, our um, foundation, I guess. So there's still a lot more work to be done, but I, I also feel like we haven't really started yet. You know, it's, um, it's early days. Sounds exciting. Any questions? Can you have a standard WordPress template website? Um, mobile enhanced. Is it easy to put a live chat monitoring on top of that? Yeah, so it, it works across all, and same with live chat software versus what we do, which is a managed service. Uh, it, it works across all platforms. Um, uh, and it's a really simple, there's a lot of chat programs out there, again, separate to what we do. Uh, but all live chat software is just simply a matter of um, dropping a bit of JavaScript on it. It's a copy and paste, three second job. Great thing about WordPress is a lot of uh, chat, and when we use one as well, chat plugins. Uh, that can be used, uh, which make it even simpler. So it's just a matter of finding the plugin and hitting the install button. So uh, it takes a few seconds. Actually, the only good question. Can I just understand your business? 
you we might get a um, an intake quote. We if we wanted to do something with you, uh, we can put an onboarding program. You know, one of our projects would be on board many hundreds and sometimes thousands of people at a time around the world. Sure. Is that the Yeah, there's, there's different there's different aspects to what we do. So so we provide 24/7 uh, live chat monitoring. So we have a team of agents that basically work on behalf of our clients. We've got set scripting and set knowledge bases, uh, and we assist them with online lead capture and online customer service. So frequently asked questions and helping people in that in the path to purchase or path to inquiry. Um, we also have some clients who are a little bit larger where we set up dedicated teams. Um, so depending on what they need from us, uh, we, we try and fulfill that. We've got a very large retail client uh, doing a sale event with us in a, in a few weeks' time to where we'll provide a team of, of agents that uh, 24, well, 24-7, 24-3, three days, 24-hour service uh, for their sale event to help all of their customers log into the site using a code. And um, they got very specific needs as to what they need us to do. So again, it's about we... We can work in with any client's needs, whether that's, you know, we need you specifically to be able to explain this product or help them on the sales journey to get to the, the online purchase. Um, we can fulfill that as well. It, it, it sort of depends. Our, our basic service is customer service and lead generation, but anything more specific, we can accommodate as well with, with dedicated teams. Any other questions? Tiani? You're monitoring staff. Are they based in Australia or overseas? Um, so we've got, we've got a bit of a combination. The majority of them are, are in Manila. Um, so we set up initially uh, with a US base. Um, so we had about 20 agents in the US, um, which was outsourced from another company. Um, and, and what I found very early on was the quality wasn't what I needed to be. Response times wasn't quick enough. Um, I had a few staff over in Manila at the time, and we ended up essentially shifting the office over there. So we run our own office, our own operations. We don't outsource anything anymore. Um, everything is through our own operations. We've got a team over in Manila, uh, and then we've got a few agents here in Australia still who just work on specific accounts. So we have some clients come to us and say, look, we only want Australian-based agents. We sort of talk them through what that actually means. And uh, because of the way we operate, it doesn't actually matter where the agents are operated. But um, some clients insist on it. And obviously, the pricing is very different. But, uh, but we can provide that as well. But uh, certainly for 99.9% .9 of our clients, um, uh, they operate out of the Manila team. So. And, and the world is becoming a very uh, small village. And we've got to embrace that. Mm. Uh, Juliet? Sorry, um, just to clarify, do you do um, people answering calls as well? Or is it just, just live chat. Yeah. Just live chat. So, and, and again, I guess in that sense, it doesn't, that's where it doesn't really come into it where the team's based. There's no yeah, accents right. that you hear. Yeah, all, all of our staff are ex um, AOL, American Express, ANZ, um, Telstra. You know, they're, they're um, uh, incredibly well trained, 10 out of 10 English. We've got very, very strict quality control in place with who we hire, how they're trained, you know. Um, uh, so yeah, but, but chat chat based. We don't offer phone support. And one more question, Martin. Yeah, how did you uh, transition from? Because you mentioned that you had out, you had previously perhaps used an outsourced organisation to facilitate your offshore resources. Sure. How did you get up and running with your own centres? We found in our experience too, what would work for that client. So the way you've done it is absolutely the way to do it. Is you sure. To actually run your own shop overseas. Yeah. How did you get that up and running? Look, it was it was a it was a difficult period in the transition, um, uh, and we had a, we had a good provider, but again, it wasn't it wasn't to the quality that we wanted. You know, it was a it was a good service. We wanted a great service, so uh, the transition was difficult, um, and, and it certainly took a couple of months to to facilitate, and it ended up being literally utilising both. You know, we set up a very small team ourselves, um, and then through that began to transition, adding more people to the team, transitioning accounts across. 
Fortunately, the provider was very accommodating uh, and assisted us in the transition. There wasn't a, a definitive cutoff day. Um, so it took probably a two, three month period to transition them across, but um, uh, yeah, one that just had to be done. You know, it ended up being a great move. I think when you've got that complete control over your team and so the quality and the training and, and the development of them, um, uh, I don't see any other way of doing it. Yeah. Culture, even in the outsource model, needs to be paramount. The culture that gets, uh, you know, on the, on the public facing aspect of your business, whether it's a team in the Philippines or, or the Ukraine or India for that matter, makes no difference. The culture that gets delivered must be the culture that's owned. And uh, it's one of the biggest games in business right now. And I don't think many of us understand it to the degree we need to. I don't think many, I don't th I think many of us try and discount the, the importance of culture and, and, you know, what is right and what is not right. You know, what are the rules of our game and how we treat not only our customers, but our team, our suppliers, and sometimes even the business owners and the key stakeholders. You know, every one of you has to be either a plus one and definitely not a negative one. Does that make sense? There's only two scores when it comes to people in your business. They're either plus one or minus one. There's no sugarcoating the truth, guys. You either are or you're not. I think you need to be um, very, very mindful of if you're going to invest, and I, I also understand the, the research and development that goes on in, um, in this business and, and, the, and the investment that's made in the back end for what's coming, again, it's why it's going to be and it continues to be a, a, a front runner in this uh, very new and recent, I guess, uh, option for businesses for outsourcing. So, very cool. Mm. Um, I want to thank Gavin. Thank you. Hi, I'm Stefan Kazakis from Business Benchmark Group. And again, just a, a reflection of uh, the journey, the journey that business owners take. And, and in this case, hearing uh, Gavin just sharing what were the initial you know, steps, the one, two, three steps of uh, getting up and running with what was uh, his business uh, at the time, live chat monitoring. And uh, as, as I shared, he's gone on to some amazing um, successes and uh, he's definitely a... Uh, an individual and also an organisation to be uh, associated with. I, I was really, uh, you know, again, I, I just, I love the fact that, you know, training is ongoing and it's critical and it occurs every single day. You know, try try to design your business that that, that is uh, predictable. Everything is in front of you. Everything is, uh, I guess, uh, tried and tested and ultimately measured and ultimately corrected. You know, that whole aspect of just uh, having predictability in your business will ultimately help you grow scalability in your business. My, my, my view is, um, you know, every business owner and, um, and, and the leadership teams need to be continuously focused on how could we be better? How could we do this better? How could we serve better? How can we deliver better? And and in saying that, it's uh, it, it's a question. It's a set of questions. It doesn't mean that if you don't do it in three minutes, you fail. It's the fact that you're asking the questions and you're being continuous in the uh, I guess in the consciousness as to how can we be raising the bar and elevating the standard. That's the ultimate takeout. You know, we we, we work with clients that beat themselves up because you know, oh geez, they're not spending enough time in strategy or they're not spending enough time in 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 finance and stuff like that. Yeah, well. Well, you know, the, the the reality is that we need to be really clear. Are we are we currently in the operator uh, in the operator? I guess some stage of our our journey that's moving into owner. Although you are the owner, there's times where you are definitely the operator moving into owner. 
Luckily for us, we even know what that actually means when when you consider 98% of the business population out there have got no idea. And then and then there's the business owner that's you know got one foot, one genuine foot in the investor in the investor identity. It's starting to work. It's starting to be predictable. He's starting, she's starting to find some free time during business hours to work on the business, on strategy, on the next purchase or acquisition or or delivery of product. And and and, and he's starting to find that a little challenging because it's not the urgent stuff that they were used to. And that's the journey between owner to investor. So it is so critical to not beat ourselves up because we're on a journey. We're on a journey towards, I guess, a, 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 a different level of business success, a different level of life success. So many of us go and sabotage, um, I guess, our opportunity because we want it now. And why isn't it happening now? The only thing I want us to be really committed to the now was the plan you committed to three months ago, six months ago, nine months ago, that you need to really work to the bone to ensure that you're getting Getting the test and measure for the steps, the who's doing what by when, and improve those before you go and create the new set of steps. Does that make sense? If you do the appropriate planning, you have the best opportunity to continuously be moving the standard up. I'm Stefan Kazakis, Business Benchmark Group, where every small business owner can achieve big business success. Power to you. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03-9001-0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts, and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.